Sometimes we don't know what to do with God's justice. Many resent the idea of God's wrath, and yet when they're victimized themselves, they wonder, where did his justice go? Let's never underestimate God's passion for true justice, and let's be free from taking revenge into our own hands. Here's Dr. Jim Bradford with more on The Central Moment. Uh, What do we do with the permission that uh, the Psalms seem to give us to bring down curses on our enemies? And yet Jesus said, "Um, no, I'm changing the rules. I'm bringing a new order, a new covenant in which you don't curse your enemies. You actually love them. And people who hurt you, you actually turn around and do good things for them. Well, that's a total contrast towards uh, against what what we read in Psalms like Psalm 109, which is our focus today. Psalm 109 is one of what we call the imprecatory Psalms. The word imprecatory means to curse. And here we're going to see somebody who's deeply violated, deeply offended, who, like in all of us, is a God-given thing created in his image. We long for, we're passionate for the need for justice. And so... uh, and so he prays for justice by saying, God, go get them. Just give it to them. After what they've done to me, you just give it to them. doesn't sound like Jesus in the New Testament, and it's not like Jesus in the New Testament, but these imprecatory psalms do play an important role because they bring us to God's passion for justice. So verse 1, my God whom I praise, uh, do not remain silent. So that's how Psalm 109 starts. Lord, I want you to remain silent. Why? For people who are wicked and deceitful have opened their mouths against me, and they have spoken against me with lying tongues. And they repay, verse 5, they repay me evil for good and hatred for my friendship. So, Lord, I've been trying to do good, and what am I getting back? They, I'm being lied about, I'm being slandered, I'm being gossiped about. Um, I, I mean, there are, it turns out these people around me are just flat out wicked and they are doing terrible things to my reputation and to my heart. So verse 6, here's his prayer request. So appoint someone evil to oppose my enemy and let an accuser stand at his right hand. So God, I want you to go get him. I mean, I mean, find somebody to give it to them. And then he gets really personal. I mean, when someone goes after our kids, this is pretty personal. Verse 9. May his children be fatherless and his wife a widow. He's talking about these people who have been slandering him and hurting him. May, may, may that guy, may his, all his children die and may his wife die. And may his children that don't die be wandering beggars. May they not succeed. May they end up beggars. And may they be driven from their ruined homes, ruin their homes and drive their kids away. And may a creditor seize all he has. Go after his assets, Lord. And and may strangers plunder the fruits of his labor. May his businesses fail. May he lose to his competition. May no one extend kindness to him or take pity on his fatherless children. And, And he's just, I mean, he's just not letting up here. May the iniquity of his fathers be remembered before the Lord. May the sin of his mothers never be blotted out. May their sins always remain before the Lord, that he may blot out their name from the earth. Lord, and I'm at, first of all, let all kinds of disaster come upon him. Let their business fail. Let their houses be ruined. Let, let his wife die. I mean, and, and on top of it, do not forgive his sins. It's then that he appeals to God. But you, sovereign Lord, help me for your name's sake. 
For out of the goodness of your love, deliver me. For I am poor and needy, and my heart is wounded within me. And while they curse, may you bless. Lord, while they're cursing me, may you bless me. May those who attack me be put to shame, but may your servant rejoice. That's his prayer request at the end. And it's good to say, God, to the degree people are victimizing us, hurting us, would you bless us? It's it's that other part. But Lord, um, uh, don't forgive them. And uh, I really hope things go badly for them. It doesn't sound like Jesus, as I mentioned before. So how do we look at this? That's how the psalm ends. And how how do we look at a psalm like that in light of what Jesus said? Well, um, Jesus brings a new covenant. This was under the old covenant. Jesus brings a new covenant in which he freely forgives us all our sin and then puts his spirit to make us new so we can actually stay faithful to him, unlike the Old Testament saints who kept turning from him. And so it's, you know what, it is, it is of course, an appeal to God's salvation and his power, and that's why we don't, we don't curse our enemies. We do good to our enemies because we were God's enemies, but he had mercy on us and forgave us. However, an imprecatory psalm like Psalm 109, does remind me that God does have a passion for justice. I mean, I may have been subject to injustice, but he has a passion for justice, and that's the story. For many of these psalmists, many of these psalms, that's the story above all other stories. God's going to bring justice. God's going to balance the scales, and he's going to vindicate the victims. And so our part is to let God be the judge. He's going to do that. Meanwhile, I forgive. That's why Paul would say in Romans 12, don't take revenge, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay. So Psalms like this remind me the passion in God's heart that he is going to avenge. That's why I don't have to get even. I can forgive, I can do good, and I can love. May Jesus help us do this as he remakes our hearts. Thank you.